Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about your fertility program. If you'd like to call us about that, or if you have any questions about anything going on in your farm, you can give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on X, AgPhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, so when it comes to your fertility program, a couple of things that I wanted to start you out with here. First of all, if you don't know how to read a soil test, I just want you to think for just a second. Just step back. Think about how many dollars you're spending or, more appropriately, investing in your farm every year on fertilizer. And you might say, well, I'm doing a lot of manure. Okay, well, it's the same thing. You're still spending a lot of money. You're, you have a lot of nutrients that are going into that ground. Are you putting the right nutrients out there? Are you putting enough of the right nutrients out there? Are you putting some nutrients out that are actually hurting you? We're going to talk about that a little bit today, too. Here's where I'm going with all this. We talk to farmers, Darren and I talk to farmers every single day, and it's just my my estimate that 90, uh, probably 95% of farmers don't know how to read a soil test. And if you fall into that category, I just really encourage you to think about how many dollars you're going to spend over the next, well, let's call it the rest of your farming career. And let's take this one step further. Growing up on the farm, most likely your parents and your grandparents spent a lot of time with you, right? They spent time training you on how to be a farmer. What are you training your kids and your grandkids on? And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of important things here. Everything from mechanics to how to operate equipment, scouting your fields, I mean, financial decisions, all kinds of stuff. But I would challenge you to think about this. Think about when your grandparents were farming, what was their yield? Now think about your yield today. What is it? Three times? Maybe more? Okay, so if that trend continues, think about your grandkids. And, I mean, even if their yield is only double what yours is, it's going to be higher. It's going to be higher. So does that mean they're going to use less fertilizer than you do or more? What do you think? My point is simply this. If you want to pass the best things that will make the most money for your kids and your grandkids onto them, then... Knowledge is going to be number one, obviously, but what kind of knowledge? I would argue that how to read a soil test and how to put together a fertility plan is number one, and I'm not kidding. I think that's way more important than picking the right seed variety or picking the right herbicide. And don't get me wrong, those things are important. I'm just simply saying, like even on our own farm, when we're investing, well, before we started getting all this manure now, uh, we were investing over half a million dollars in commercial fertilizer. But even with the manure, we have to pay for the application. Well, we're still spending over half a million dollars. Now, granted, we might be getting a few more nutrients and a little bit different nutrients, but are we getting the right ones? Are we getting too much salt? Uh, is there something we need to add? How should we supplement the program so we, we maximize our yield? These are all super important questions. 
And if I think about, okay, I'm only 55 years old, so I got at least another 40 years to farm yet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on fertilizer or manure or however you want to look at it. It's going to be a lot of money, crazy amounts of money. So you got to know what you're putting out there. Is it the right thing for you? If you don't know how to read a soil test, I'd really encourage you to learn. And if you want, you can come to a free soils clinic that we are we are doing this winter. Just go to agphd.com to learn more. But in January, you can come, to, come right to our farm, and we'll teach you how to read a soil test. We'll spend a day with you, teach you how to read a soil test. We'll also live stream that if, if you'd rather do, that, do it that way. But coming in person, it will help you eliminate the distractions for the day and get the most out of it. So I'd really encourage you to do that. And if you want, take it a step further and go to Neil Kinsey's soils seminar that he's going to have here on our farm. It's a three-day seminar in late February. So the information on that is also at agphd.com. So we're going to talk about soil tests all throughout the show today. But right now, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. Okay, Brian, um, this is displayed a little bit differently, but I think you'll figure it out here. Uh, so it does have base saturations on there in addition to parts per million. So this one comes in from Christian. He said, okay, guys, uh, I'm back one more time with all the information on this tough soil type for me. Here are four fresh soiled samples pulled from the area. Going off your last comments, it appears K is an issue as base saturation is low. It's in that yep, 1%, whatever. Yep. Uh, he said sodium doesn't appear to be an issue since base saturation is less than 1. Yep. Calcium is above 65. High CEC, high organic matter. So in this case, is the answer loading up on K and hoping that the pH moves on its own somewhat and then we deal with it after that? Uh, if so, how much K would you put on on this soil? Uh, what's the pH? I don't see it on. The, oh, wait a second. I got stuff on the back eight, side here. Eight to here eight point three. Um, yeah, and a lot of it. Seven point eight, eight, seven point nine, eight point one. Yeah, okay. So it's not. It's not horribly alarming. Here's one of the things that Midwest Labs has on their test. It's called excess lime. Your level is medium. That means you've got free calcium, calcium carbonate, most likely sitting out there in the soil that's going to throw your numbers off just slightly. So that's the reason why, like if we were talking to Neil Kinsey about this test, he would say, guys, I'd probably suggest running a cation displacement test because your calcium number is so high. But it's kind of right on the border. It's not like crazy, ridiculous high. So I don't know if it's super necessary, but the point is this. Um, you get your, your potassium up a little bit. You keep adding some sulfur to that soil over time. Your sulfur levels are really low. That excess calcium eventually will flush away. And we think that things are gonna to start to straighten out on your farm. So yes, I'd absolutely look at potassium, then take a look at some of your micronutrients and you should be good. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. My mom's got a new case I extractor and it can do it all. 
Bail Hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about your fertility program. What goes into that? What are some of the things that you need to consider as you're building your fertility program for next year's crops? We're taking your calls and questions. If you want to talk about it, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Works great if you've got a soil test, a manure test, something like that that you'd like us to look at. Got John Leaf on the phone, though, with us right now with AgroLiquid to talk about this. John, how you doing? Good. How are you guys today? We're doing well. You know, when when the topic is your fertility plan, everybody goes about this a little bit different, building what they're going to do exactly to, to feed this next crop. Where do you start when you're talking with the farmer? Well, I'd really like to start with a uh, complete soil test. Uh, that is the foundation on, on which... Uh, we can provide the, the best information, the best opportunities to figure out what your soils have, what they don't have, if there's anything out of balance that needs to be addressed. And then we can uh, take advantage of what, you, what the grower has in the soil and, uh, and add to that to, uh, to meet his yield goals. You know, a lot of farmers don't pull soil tests every year. They say, well, I'm on a three-year plan or a four-year plan, and, and I talk to guys like that too. And a lot of times I'm looking for yield data to see, okay, well, what have you been pulling off here for yields? What's the last soil test you've got? I can do a little calculation there and figure out, well, okay, I guess we're probably going backwards with what you're putting on there compared to your yield goals. Or, hey, it looks like you're on a build program here. That's great. Uh, it, it does get a little trickier when you don't have that soil test. And, you know, for for most farmers, they're going to say, well, here's what I'm going to put in the field. I'm a corn-soybean rotation guy, so here's where the beans are going or here's where the corn's going or whatnot. Um, when you look at those different crops, I mean, they, they certainly act different. They've got different fertility needs. Um, there's 
uh, obviously a lot of different ways to do things. You can ban fertilizer, you can broadcast fertilizer, but it seems like a lot of guys are doing a combination approach, John, where it's, well, I'm going to put some out dry. I'm going to put some out liquid with my planter or uh, in a side dress. Um, uh, how do you coach guys through timings on those things and, and what's going to be safe and, and smart for them to do? Sure, sure. Well, I like to use uh, uh, dry soil amendments, especially uh, things like potash or lime, uh, to try to help uh, rebalance any uh, chemi chemical imbalances in the soil, uh, looking at that uh, uh, base saturation component of the, uh, of the soil test. So uh, if, a, if a farm needs some additional potassium to bring that level up, uh, really you want to encourage them to do that in the fall as much as possible so that it has a chance to uh, start breaking down and do the, the chemical reactions that it needs. Uh, so, um, and once that's in place, then we can talk about uh, what he needs to put through the planter. Uh, phosphorus, uh, some potassium potentially, and micronutrients are always uh, uh, real important for that. And then in season, it's uh, you know, a lot of it depends on what the uh, what the grower has available for equipment, what he has available for time, uh, and uh, we can try to uh, to develop a program that uh, will allow him to him or her uh, to uh, um, do the uh, uh, do the program the way that uh, that can get to their yield goals that they want. Yeah, everybody's got different equipment. Some some farmers can do some side dressing. Others say, nope, I got to do it up front. I don't have the ability to do that. Others want to do foliar feeding. Well, I can put it on through my sprayer over the top. Or some have got two-by-two. Two, some have got in-furrow. Uh, a few have both, and that's kind of cool to have lots of different options, but it it's just interesting. You really do have to have a pretty in-depth conversation with a farmer to realize what, what can you actually accomplish out here in a timely manner. Oh, absolutely, and uh, uh, being able to uh, know where he, the grower is wanting to, to put his uh, fertilizer products goes a long way as to uh, what you can recommend. Uh, if you if all he has is an inferro application, well, there are uh, uh, certain products that we can use for inferro, certain rates that we can use for inferro. If what he has is two by two, well, we can use all those same types of products, especially phosphorus, potassium, micronutrients. But then we can also add uh, some nitrogen to that as well. So we wouldn't want to uh, uh, typically put uh, nitrogen in inferro. So. Uh, yeah, we absolutely have to to understand what uh, the grower's capacities are, uh, what he wants to do as well, and uh, and try to work out a plan that uh, that will help him meet his uh, goals. Yeah, and the goals may be different from one farm to the next. That's what's kind of cool about this. And that when we were talking about uh, this topic, your fertility program, everybody's going to be looking at things just a little bit different. You got owned ground, rented ground. You got, hey, I'm only farming for a couple more years. Lots of different things to take into consideration. Uh, John, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Good talking to you again. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Got Kyle along with us right now with Kinsey Ag. And Kyle, uh, John started off saying, man, I'd really love to have a complete soil test to really know what's happening out in that field. I, I'm sure you can agree with that. Yeah, 100%. I think having an accurate soil test, an accurate one at that too, is uh, going to be the, the best uh, tool that you can utilize, especially from a data set standpoint. 
we have to know what's actually out there underneath the ground available for us to be able to utilize to be able to make the plants uh, do what we want them to and hopefully in the correct way too. It's been really interesting to see uh, what what Kinsey Egg's been able to do for for different farms and and for some soils that farmers thought, man, I don't know, this soil, it it seems like it has potential, but it seems like we're a long ways off. And you start dealing with the big building blocks of soil like calcium and magnesium, and all of a sudden everything starts falling into place. Uh, It's different, though, Kyle, when you talk about calcium and magnesium, and a lot of other guys are just focused on N, P, and K. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, with calcium, magnesium, I mean, what are we really looking at those uh, nutrients for? We're looking at those as the basis of soil structure, uh, calcium having that flocculating effect of in more of the heavy clay soils and actually opening up pore space to allow for better nutrient infiltration and water infiltration. Uh, and we're doing the opposite with magnesium. We're trying to tighten up soils, mostly in sandy environments, which we have a wide range in the Midwest, especially between the two, but magnesium uh, helps tighten up those soils by dispersing those clay colloids, allowing for better surface area and actually less uh, infiltration to be able to hold those nutrients where they need to be held for those uh, feeder roots. Yeah, the long-term, and, uh, long-term management of soil, when you think about those things, getting the right balance of air and water in the soil is is really critical, and a lot of this can be accomplished just by working on these two major nutrients. Sure, but, I mean, it also comes down to economics, too, uh, and that's what uh, mostly with a fertility program, I, as a soil guy, I will always say soil first, but... That's not always the case. We have to actually grow a plant as well to be able to uh, make a living. So, you know, we sometimes we have to sacrifice a little bit of uh, of that uh, soil. But luckily, uh, in most areas, uh, limestone is cheap, whether it be dolomitic or high calcium ag lime, depending on your need. And if you can just put out a maintenance application uh, of calcium out there just enough to get that uh, calcium saturation around that root zone to be able to help that plant uptake nutrients you're not putting yourself as much of a deficit you're giving the plant what it needs to uh, be able to utilize those nutrients more effectively and we have that uh, so we're kind of doing both we can still supply the mp and k whatever we need for that plant to grow but we can also start at least spoon feeding towards uh, a correct structure uh, if we know what's actually out there. Yeah, I like uh, I like that you uh, got right on it, Kyle, that, you know, hey, it's great to get everything balanced out there, but you also have to make money, and you got to be conscious of that as you get going. We always encourage farmers, start on one field. Let's get one field fixed first and learn some lessons there that can be utilized on the rest of your farm, and certainly Kinsey Egg has worked with farmers for many, many years on doing just that. Kyle, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Hey, thank you very much, Darren. We're talking about building your fertility program on today's show, and you may say, well, wait a second, you haven't addressed this or that yet. Give us a call. We would love to talk about it with you. It's 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back.
Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC Herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 Herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and today we're talking about building your fertility program for your farm. If you've got questions for us or would like to talk about this uh, and ask specific questions for your farm, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Alan Perry on with us right now at the Farm Technologies Network. Alan, how are you doing? Hey, pretty good. All right, so building fertility programs, you get to work with so many different farmers with m multiple crops. Uh, does it all start in the same spot? You have some good data to begin with, with a soil test, with some previous history for the field. Uh, and where do you go from there? Well, um, the, the first thing that we try to point out is all the things we could improve. 
but then we have to start discussing what we can afford to approve uh, to improve and maybe what the market would most uh, value in terms of what we uh, improve so there's three or four different ways to look at it but we we start out with trying to um, educate the growers on all the possibilities that are there and uh, help them choose the thing that makes sense for them. Well, I like that. What what can be improved, then what can we afford to improve? Those are good questions to start things out. And then, you know, some of it, like we look at things like drainage and, and those kinds of things as, man, I, I'm consistently fighting this problem. Eventually, I'm going to have to invest in this. Why not today? Uh, but I know what you mean. It's it's not free, and big fertility improvements are not free, or soil amendments are not free. Uh, so some of it does just come down to, look, I want to raise 200 bushel corn. Uh, what's it going to take to do that, and can I just work on the let's feed this crop as a, as a program? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a there's a another twist that we are up against an awful lot. Not all the growers own all the land they farm, and if it's rented ground, you have another layer of, of problems there in terms of investing in someone else's land. So we have to take that into consideration. Sometimes we get down to situations where uh, instead of trying to pay to get another 25 bushel, maybe we could get the crop you currently got cheaper. Maybe we could save you some money that would be more valuable than paying to try to get a 10% more yield. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are just a lot of different ways of looking at this. That's what kind of makes this topic so complicated. You get to work with lots of different farmers and have for a number of years now. And, you know, as you, as you look at this, there are regulations in some areas where guys are like, man, I got to be really careful about certain nutrients or when we're going to put them out there. And then there's other guys that are just like, look, when is the optimum time for this crop that I can influence yield? You know, when you, you look at those kinds of things, having highly available fertilizer sources and and perhaps uh, working with manure that a grower needs to use, those kinds of things. Uh, just many layers here to, to putting together each program. One of the things that I think overall, no matter what country we work in or, or what crop or uh, anything like or what size the grower is, uh, the growers are really good at problem solving and figuring out their best choices. What gets them in trouble is sometimes they don't know they have five choices and they might only think they have two. And if we can show them two or three more choices they could consider, sometimes we open up some good discussions. Yeah, I think that's one thing too that I've I've always noticed. And I know for Brian and me getting started in, in agronomy, we were... I don't know if we were totally surprised by this, but we were, we were a little surprised that more farmers weren't talking about some of these things with other farmers. And it's pretty easy just to put your head down on the farm and just get to work on your own farm and just mind your own business. But I think learning from others and working with consultants like yourself that, that get to work with so many different operators uh, is pretty beneficial. Well, I think one of the things that I thought would be most appreciated is the fact that I have time enough to travel when some of my farm clients don't, uh, and and being able to discuss things from kind of a neutral point of view. I don't own a fertilizer company. I don't have to sell what's in the warehouse, and I don't have a particular uh, idea that I have to promote. So um, it's kind of nice to have an impartial uh, third party to bounce ideas off sometimes, and uh, we try to help as best we can like that. 
Yeah, it's it is fun though, and I I do enjoy being an agronomist. Just to, I'm always learning. I'm always learning from somebody else has figured out. Hey, here's another good way you could do things that I'd never even considered before. And um, you know, I I get nervous about this one too, Alan. And and everybody approaches the budget a little bit different. I know one thing that we've always focused on is trying to talk to the banker about return on investment of, all right, yeah, our, our credit line could be $10,000, but we'd really like another 2000 and here's why. We think we can get a really good return on investment. Here's our experience. Um, that one, it seems like I don't have as many farmers fighting for that on the fertility side as they will on an equipment side or a land purchase side or, or some of those other decisions. Maybe, maybe it's different for you, Alan. Maybe, maybe you have a lot of growers doing that, but I don't find many farmers that are fighting enough for their fertility budget. Uh, I think that's right. And I don't think we necessarily include some of those third party vendors in the discussions. Uh, sometimes the banker and the fertilizer company uh, are as ignorant of the choices as the farmers are, and they need to know what we're trying to accomplish. Um, one of the things we've been working on really hard for the last year or so is trying to understand better the microbiology aspect of this, what happens to the fertilizer after we put it in the soil. And, and there's still a lot of room to work in that regard as well. Yeah, it, it is a really exciting industry, and I know we're never going to figure it all out, but we just keep figuring one more piece along the way to, to keep trying to get better. We're talking with Alan Perry here. Alan, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on and, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Everyone seems to like to eat. <laughs> yes, that is good job security for us. That's for sure. And, you know, in the in the pic, big picture, Brian, we're just trying to raise bigger crops. And you kind of hit on it earlier. Look at what you're raising for yield compared to what your parents did or your grandparents did. It's double. It's triple. It's it's a lot more in many cases. And this this whole thing about feeding the crop well becomes double or triple as important. Yeah, and the other thing about it is if you've just focused on NPK, NPK, NPK for years, well, guess what? You're probably going to have something else that's going to become a yield-limiting factor, especially as your yields go up. I think about even our own farm. When Darren and I were young farmers and young agronomists, we were hoping to get 130 bushel corn. Well, now, if I only got 130 bushel corn, um, I'd lose my mind. It'd be terrible. So anyway, yeah, things are just whole different. Our yields are double from 30 years ago. But it's not just NPK, and that's kind of my point. you got to look at more things than that. And there is much more to reading a soil test than just looking at NPK. And sure, you're going to throw out right away, well, soil pH is not all that complicated. Yeah, I agree. It's not all that complicated, at least if it's low. But there are so many other things. So Right after this break, um, if we get the chance to get to it in the next segment, I want to talk about some soil tests where I'm looking at zinc and copper and iron. I'm looking also at just drainage overall because if I've got salt in that soil, I need to get it flushed out. I'm looking at sodium buildup. And it's not everywhere in every field, but in certain areas of fields, this is really important. I was telling the story a week ago how Darren and I were in Ukraine in 2006 and all kinds of fields were being farmed exactly the same way all across these massive fields. And that's one of the big things that we now can do different where we farm in North America with modern technology today. 
is we can treat every acre different. It's made an enormous difference for our own farm on the fertility side, but then the other side of it is just that drainage thing because we've got areas where we have zero drainage issue with no tile. Everything's perfectly fine. But in some spots, we need to take care of tiling in there. And so we just don't like seeing composite soil tests. We don't like looking at a things on a field basis anymore. I want to see how are we doing inside that field? How can we break things up into little sections, whether it is grids or zones or whatever, and fine-tune the overall program? Because when you start running the math with today's commodity prices, and granted, they aren't as good as last year, they're still pretty good. You run the math a little bit, and boy, if I could increase in certain zones or grids on my farm, even 5 or 10%, it's a lot of total dollars. All right, we'll keep talking soil tests and your fertility program right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Banning nitrogen from your planter saves you money. Don't waste those savings by buying an expensive application system. Clever design and engineering means 360 bandits, colders, and hose guides work to get the nitrogen in the perfect place for rapid root uptake. 360 Bandit puts a band of nitrogen on both sides of the seed trench. 
three quarters of an inch deep. And 360 Bandit costs a fraction of what more complex systems cost. Don't overspend. Choose 360 Bandit from 360 Yield Center. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today and talking about your fertility program. We got a number of soil tests that have come in that, that we're going to get to here hopefully uh, yet before the end of the show. And we've got Robert out in Illinois on the phone with us right now. Also sent in some some plant tissue tests and some so, and a soil test here for us to take a look at and discuss. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing great, uh, Darren. Uh, Brian's there too, right? Yeah, Brian says if you just put in more drainage tile, it's all better. That's at least that's what was online. I saw on Twitter somebody's like, well, Brian's just going to tell him put on more drainage tile or put in more drainage tile. Well, I think it might be more complicated than that, Brian. He's just joking around, Robert. Okay, so you've got, you've you've got uh, this soil test question and and tissue test question. So why don't you go ahead and and, and I guess I'm I'm curious, what are you most interested in here? Well, to kind of retrace our steps, back in mid-September, I'd called in with some pictures of where we'd had a, what I'm calling an anomaly out in the field. Strip-till bar had stopped, dumped out a bunch of fertilizer. Then when it started up, there was no fertilizer. And then, you know, next right next to it, then there was normal fertilizer. So yep. I sent tissues and a picture showing the dramatic stuff. You're looking at that. Uh, and at that point, you, uh, Brian, shockingly wanted to see soil tests, and <laughs> yep. um, so I, it's only taken me six or eight weeks to to co- comply with that request. But so, um, and I had taken uh, a multiple tests right in that area, um, and I told you the soil test was going to be low, and you're probably you're going to sit there appallingly low, uh, which I. I predicted, and I, I agree with your assessment of that. Um, the field averaged uh, this year uh, 230. Yep. Uh, two years ago, it made 270. I think uh, lo- lower fertility and and drier weather probably is responsible for that. Sure. But at the time that that um, you had looked at all that, when you looked at the tissues, you said obviously that you know these are low numbers. I'm just wondering on kind of the main nutrients. Do you have numbers in mind on PK and, uh, you know, zinc and boron or whatever? Would would you share what you your idea would be of, of good numbers on tissues? Okay. Here's the challenge with tissue testing. No, I don't have good numbers. I don't know those off the top of my head because it varies through the okay. year and it varies with the lab that you're going to test with. So right. I, a couple of, of interesting things, though. When you look at your tissue tests and... So I'll try to make this as simple as possible so anybody listening understands what we're talking about here too. Anywhere, if you notice on your tissue test, notice anywhere that the potassium was higher, the magnesium was then lower. Okay, so anywhere that the potassium was really low, the magnesium was high for the most part. So magnesium Uh and potassium are constantly competing against each other to get into that plant. And when I looked at your, when I'm looking at your soil test levels right here, one of the things that, and I got another soil test I'm hoping to get to yet today where I'm, I was going to talk about this exact same thing. So I figure I'll bring it up with you. The magnesium to potassium ratio in terms of parts per million, what we've identified on our farm. And I mean, this is 
on over 10,000 soil test points over the last five years, if it's in the one-to-one to two-to-one ratio in the soil, then generally speaking, that's where we maximize yield. So I often tell people, look, honestly, I don't really care what tissue tests or soil tests say. I want that 270 bushel corn like you were talking about uh, instead of 170 bushel corn. I just want yield. But when we bring it back to the soil test, then I need that ratio somewhere in the one-to-one to to two-to-one ratio. So that's magnesium to potassium parts per million. So in other words, for example, let's say I got my potassium or, well, like on yours, on this test here, it says magnesium. I can't read it very well. It's blurry, but let's call it 500 parts per million. That means I need a minimum of 250 parts per million uh, of potassium. Yeah. 250. Yep. So you're at 50 or well, I'll take yep. it back 70 or whatever it is. So yeah. I would just say, yeah, that's, that's one of my biggest <laughs> things that I'm often talking yeah. with people about is potassium, 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 because we see this commonly. So don't feel bad. And also I'd feel great that I just got 230 bushel corn in what you called a dry I, year. Um, if that's, yeah. The worst it's going to get, I, I'm, I'm feeling good. So, But, yeah, I'd keep working on that potassium. And so what does it exactly have to be in the in the tissue test? I don't know um, uh, on your tissue test, but I can tell you this. As you raise that potassium, the magnesium is going to go down a little bit. Don't get, like, super alarmed by that. Uh-huh. So I, I had some other tests on the – okay, that test is out of just normal – application on that field with strip till bar where things were, were right yep the tests that i pulled that were about six weeks earlier in where the fertilizer dump was versus the zero fertilizer okay the for whatever reason the the testing lab just tested uh, just four things phosphorus potassium calcium and magnesium okay um and that kind of appalled me but uh <laughs> The, uh, uh, but that magnesium, I think to your point is right. It, it was not, um, uh, on the other tests where the, I'd have to go back and look at that. But anyway, um, uh, this is something I'm, we have modified what we're doing. We, we up the amount of potassium we're putting in the strip. We've reduced the amount of phosphate that we're putting in the strip, but we're going to make up with that with more spring applied phosphate with the planter. And maybe some other things. Okay, but how that, are how are you going uh, to do it with the planter? In furrow, two by two. What's your plan? two by two? Okay. Uh, well, uh, basically, we we might go with a gallon of, of something like uh, agri liquid in furrow, but then uh, five plus gallons of ten thirty four o three inches off to the side with our thirty two percent and zinc. Okay, here here's my only concern when and I mean I'm looking at one test, so I understand yeah. this isn't your entire farm, but this phosphorus yeah. test, if I'm reading this right, says 13 parts per million. This this yeah. type of thing happens commonly when we get these big time yields. You start talking 230, 270 bushel corn, you're going to draw stuff down at a pretty yep. quick pace. And, and also I often try to bring up to people, don't be thinking just about your farm average or your field average. Think about the best spots in your field. 
If you averaged 270 last year, that means you had spots way over 300. So just think of the drawdown on nutrients there. And here's where I'm going with this. It's great using some liquid fertilizer. We do too. But if you're clear down to 13 parts per million on phosphorus and you look at how much a 300 bushel corn can, uh, 300 bushel corn crop can remove, you're going to need more. Uh, and so I, right. I mean, moving forward, I'd be putting more in the strip or broadcasting or doing something. Your yields are great. So just don't undersell it. Otherwise, it, I mean, you, you know, you don't have the potential if you don't start out with fertility in that soil. We're, we're putting more phosphorus in the uh, broadcast and work in okay. with vertical tillage okay. instead of beans. Yep. And, and uh, so it's kind of a stopgap as far as this year. Now, I did some just hand harvesting on the side-by-side on, on this, and so we were all curious about how much difference there'd be where that really high fertility was. Yes. And this is just crude, just one guy. Sure. I'm pulling representative yep. eaters, but basically as near as I could tell was where we had that dump was 250 bushel corn, where it was our average, you know, what it was supposed to be, it was 221, and where there was nothing, it was 216. Yeah, and that's so kind of my, like a, yeah, and that's kind of my point is look at how much fertilizer is paying for you. I'd keep pushing yeah. it a little bit more, and more is not always better, but I'm just saying, you know now, at least, boy, I have to get up to those kind of levels, otherwise I'm in trouble. Yeah. Hey, Robert, uh, we got to run, but uh, if you ever have questions for us again, just please give us a call or send us an email. Thank you. You bet. Yep, thank you. We have been talking fertility most of the show. If you've got a question about fertility, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And, of course, if you have any agronomic topic you want to discuss, we would love to visit with you. Or take your email, radio at agphd.com. We'll dive back into the Ag PhD mailbag right after this. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experienced the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids rain at ridgeback.corteva.us. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. 
I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio and right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag, taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD or by email radio at agphd.com. Got this one from South Africa. This is from Charles. And he said, hey, guys, I'm currently using your fertilizer removal app to get an idea on nutrient removal rates of different crops. Of course, you've got the uh, metric system versus the standard system. I'm just kind of curious with your apps, the rates, are they per acre or are they per hectare? Actually, Charles, they're just for a certain yield goal. So just for example, type in corn and type in 200 bushels. Use the standard measurement, or, or it would be tons if you use metric. But just, just use 200 bushels, for example. That's how much fertility 200 bushel corn is going to need. So if that's per acre or if that's your whole field is going to raise 200 bushels, well, it's it's just for 200 bushels. So it doesn't matter if you're doing the metric side or the, the standard side. But pretty cool that you're doing it. If you need some help building the plan, uh, you can sure email us with, with soil tests or other info. We'd love to help. All right. So the next one I wanted to get to actually came in quite a while ago and we did answer this once, but I went back through it and this is from Mike and Steve down in Texas. And I just wanted to spend a little bit more time on it because I thought it'd be really good for today's show when we're talking about soil tests. So anyway, just a little background here. Uh, They farm winter wheat in north central Texas. They've had drought for like the last three years, averaging about 35 bushel wheat and getting 20 to 24 inches of rain per year on average. So <laughs> they also made a comment here that their fertilizer uh, people make recommendations, but you never know. So basically they wanted us to take a look at stuff. So anyway, uh, Mike and Steve, thanks for sending this in. And I did look through your soil tests, and I just had a few comments that I thought more people would be interested in too. So let's start with this. 7.5 pH. What we often say is if your pH is high, chances are something's a little bit out of balance. And I I, I got a couple ideas for you here. 
So first of all, phosphorus. I saw a lot of 5 and 10 part per million on the Olson test, and that's really, really low. So if it's me, the majority of my dollars, if I have a limited budget on fertility, the majority of my dollars are going to phosphorus because the potassium levels weren't that bad. 3.5% base saturation K, 300 to 400 parts per million. So, I mean, on potassium, if I could, I'd like to still be on a slight build program, but your potassium levels are not bad. The phosphorus levels, though, uh, that's that that does seem to be a yield limiting factor right now. Then I wanted to talk about some micronutrients, and I brought this up earlier in the show today, that a lot of people just focus on NP and K, but when, like when I looked at these soil tests, I saw zinc. At, oh, and by the way, these are at DTPA tests, so they, these will be lower than Malik 3 tests, keep in mind. But anyway, zinc, half a part per million. Copper, 0.8 parts per million. Iron, five parts per million. So, I, I and then I looked at the recommendations from your fertilizer dealer, and they recommend a lot of the things or at least addressing a lot of the nutrients, we would suggest addressing. I would just do a little bit different. For example, with zinc, when you're at half a part per million, and I'd ideally like to be at five parts per million, um, I'm putting some zinc sulfate out there. Now, I'm not saying you have to do this all in once or anything like that, but I'm, I'm looking at rather than trying to spoon feed when I'm so, so low, I'd, I'd work on, on more of a build program and I can do some dry zinc sulfate for not much money. If you put out, for example, 25 pounds of zinc sulfate, your test level should go from a half a part per million to five parts per million in one shot or close to it. And then you're done for a long time, or at least you just maintain after that. And then spoon feeding's fine. Same kind of thing with copper. You could put out 10 pounds of copper sulfate for not much money and it's going to be there until you use it eventually. And then all you need is just a tiny little bit to maintain from there on out. With iron, I definitely try adding some iron too. Your iron, five parts per million, that's really, really low. Even on a DTPA test, where normally we're talking 20, 40, 50 parts per million, we're at five. I'm not saying adding lots of iron is going to give you a whole bunch of yield gain, but I'd at least be trying to add some iron. And then the other thing that I noticed in a couple spots, there's high saline and high sodium. And so keep in mind, with saline, what that is is salt. If you have any high salt spots on your farm, and we used to have this exact same thing, exactly what you're dealing with right here, where we've got high calcium levels and you know fairly heavy soil, 20 CEC or more, 25, even 30, and we got some spots. So we just went in, put some tile in those spots, then the salt can flush out of your soil. And also, you may say, what? Tile? I, I we It barely rains around here. Yeah, I know. That's what we said too. And then the salt thing gets alleviated. I'm not suggesting you put tile, pat, go out and pattern tile your entire farm. But I am saying it appears to me you got a couple of low spots or something where you're getting saline or salt buildup and then also sodium buildup. Now, the sodium buildup, I don't know what that's from. It could be in part to maybe you're spreading more manure in that area and I'd cut back or something like that. But we'd like the salt or saline level and the sodium level to each be less than one. So with that sodium, you can turn it into a salt with some sulfur and then flush it out. But you got to get the drainage thing fixed first. So if it's me, I'm going to invest a few dollars in some tile at least try in one of those spots and see what happens over time. Prove it to yourself. That's what we had to do. And then eventually when we proved it to ourselves, then we fixed all those spots. 
Okay, and then finally, magnesium. Your magnesium percent uh, looks low in some areas, like I'm talking 8%. So your fertilizer dealer recommended applying a little bit of magnesium. Now you could try that. If it's me, I'd probably just do some side-by-sides and see if it pays. I don't think it will, but it might. It appears to me that you got some really high calcium in spots. And so we were talking earlier in the show, if Neil, if we had Neil Kinsey on, we were talking about this, he'd suggest running a cation displacement test because I don't think your calcium number is true in all spots. When it's 5,000 parts per million, I believe there's probably some free lime there or free calcium carbonate there. And I don't think it's really representative of what you've got. The other thing is when we talk about magnesium to potassium, and you're in pretty good shape in most of your spots, we want that ratio 1 to 1 to 2 to 1. So in other words, if I've got 500 parts per million of magnesium, I want my potassium to be somewhere in the 250 to 500 parts per million on potassium. So just kind of keep that in mind. We want a 1 to 1 to a 2 to 1 ratio magnesium to potassium. So those are the main things that I saw on your tests. All right, Brian, had this one from Nate that came in that we started working on, but there's just so much information here that I kind of consolidated it down to one page for you. So they put on a couple tons of lime. They farm about an hour north of our farm in South Dakota here or South Dakota, Minnesota. And he's got some low pH averaging about 5.4. And when you look at it, he added two tons of lime. Uh, that's going to help fix some of the things here because it may got- do it, but it may not. If you're talking 20 to 25 CEC, if you're in the fours, that probably won't be enough. But anyway, go ahead. What's the question? Well, the question is, what do you see here? This was four years of alfalfa through 2022, fall of 22. They killed it off. They no-tilled yeah, corn well, in there and then had a rough drought. Okay. Well, not surprisingly, and we expect the same thing after four years of alfalfa on our farm, we're going to draw down a lot of the K. So potassium levels are real low, 150 uh, average is 210, uh, so 1% to 2% base saturation K. you got to get your K levels up. But, again, that's to be expected. I, I, I mean, same thing will happen to us when we take our alfalfa out, too. So Olson, phosphorus, these numbers typically will read much lower than a Malik 3 test. So your average is 39. It's not bad. But if it's me, I'm trying to keep bumping that Olson P to 40, 50, Uh, maybe even more. So keep working on that. And then like with micronutrients, we talk about this all the time. Ideally, we'd like our our zinc 10 to 1 with our phosphorus, something like that. So 10 to 1 phosphorus to zinc, 8 to 1, somewhere in that kind of range. You're not doing too bad. Copper, we like 30 to 1 or so. You're not doing too bad on that. But just, you know, keep in mind, you need to fix all the spots, not just look at the whole average. So where I'm going with this is when we say, okay, on average, we're doing good. Great. But don't forget to fix the spots where we do have some problems. Uh, Beyond that, boron. You're at 0.4 on boron, also to be expected after years of alfalfa because alfalfa draws a lot of boron out of that soil. So I'd be adding at least a little bit of boron and certainly some sulfur. Your sulfur is at nine. So do those things. You should be in good shape. Yeah, alfalfa was a profitable crop for us this year, yeah, but you think about how many nutrients just left your field. Uh, make sure you run those numbers too to say, oh yeah, that's right, it was profitable because we didn't put on as much fertilizer as we just took off maybe. So uh, watch that close. Good job on the soil testing, getting the lime started, and now we'll see how you come on the rest of the program. Thanks for listening to today's show. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.